This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Lion. The Arizona Cardinals select Tyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He jumped himself. Put him back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends over at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here for part two of our fantasy football primer for the 2020 NFL season. And uh, Dylan, on part one, we kind of ran through uh, our favorite picks, uh, the people we would really zone in on in terms of the top tiers at the quarterback position, running back, wide receiver, and tight ends. We also gave uh, some of our picks for breakout candidates, and we'll just go ahead and throw them in here. Uh, but we would obviously suggest you go back and listen to the full episode. Uh, we talked about Marquise Brown, uh, Calvin Ridley, Jonathan Taylor, CeeDee Lamb, J.K. Dobbins, those five guys uh, in particular. Also threw some other names in there. So I say all that to say this. Uh, we, we threw out a lot of information in that first episode uh, in part one of our fantasy football primer. If you haven't listened to that yet, uh, I would highly suggest go back, listen to that first, then come back to this one, because uh, now we're going to dive into a little bit more of uh, picks for sleepers and looking at ADP and all sorts of good stuff like that. Uh, Dylan, uh, lots to go through here, but uh, we are, listen, we, we are getting ready for our draft. So this is why we do these episodes each year, uh, because you and I are doing our own research, and uh, this is what we're using to try to figure out what we're going to do. Well, for me, over the weekend out of friend that asked me about it if I had any sleepers in my head and I was like honestly I haven't really looked through it a lot and that was on Saturday and I was like wait a second we're doing fantasy episodes this week so I spent most of Sunday evening uh, doing my research and then some more last night for today so yeah ready to go feel like I should call him back but unfortunately his draft has already passed unlike the two that I'm in so so we've got some time and yeah excited to talk about these and yeah some other guys that we think ADP wise some guys that are deeper other guys that are maybe in the middle that we think are either under or overvalued. I think that's, I mean, obviously you win 
fantasy leagues with the star players, but still depth can go a long way, getting you to the playoffs at least. So yep. that's where you really do it. So, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that gets me excited. <laughs> yeah, no, we try to we try to tell everybody, wait to do your drafts until after this two-part uh, series here that we're doing this week. But uh, that's all right. If you already have, uh, go ahead, go ahead, get out to the waiver wire immediately, start making sure that none of these guys are out there because uh, you may want to take a look. Let's start with some of the sleepers. Uh, like I said, we talked about breakout candidates last time. A little bit different in terms of uh, looking at the sleepers. And uh, as Dylan notes on our sheet here that we use for all this, um, it is something that's kind of overused in terms of it seems like everybody's a sleeper at some point, uh, depending on how you view it, because it is sort mm-hmm. of a, an opinionate, opinionated type of thing where everybody may look at a player differently. Um, so there are some of these guys in this group we're going to talk about. You probably know who they are, but yet they still, for us, are identified as sleepers. And, Dylan, I'll start uh, with two in particular. And, um, you know, we, we put together some, some notes on this. And, and you, you've got my boys on here. You, you already know where I'm going. So uh, I can appreciate <laughs> that because you, you know me too well at this point to where uh, two guys in particular, uh, Preston Williams, of course, I've talked about him for, for a while now. But I know he had the injury. And that's something I do think about. You know, you, you do have a guy that's coming off of a torn ACL, and that's always something you, you're going to think about in the back of your head. But at the same time, at least mm-hmm. at this point, looks like he's good to go. Like everything seems like he's he's been pretty impressive from what we've seen uh, in practice and all that. So uh, I just think with that team, you know, with the Dolphins, we saw him and Devontae Parker. They were just such a – you know, such a force when they were both out there on the field together and having both out there is going to take the pressure off of each one. And then it's a matter of, okay, well, who do you, who do you try to mm-hmm. stop? Um, the quarterback play, that's going to be important, but the Dolphins do feel like a team that's probably going to be playing from behind. And so that could mean more opportunities, more looks, and that's what we want with fantasy. Also, Keyshawn Vaughn, we brought him up before uh, in that Buccaneers offense. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, I know they signed him, but as we've said mm-hmm. and as we talked about in our NFC South preview, um, we're not expecting LeSean McCoy to go out and get 30 carries a game. It's just not going to happen. Ronald Jones is there, uh, but Ronald Jones still isn't someone that you know we expect to be the NFL's leading rusher or anything like that. So I think Keyshawn Vaughn has a lot of value in that offense, and this isn't the only time I'm going to be talking about the Bucks offense today because I think there's another guy that mm-hmm. we, we may be sleeping on in that offense that, uh, for whatever reason, just isn't getting talked about enough in terms of where he's at at his position. Uh, but uh, those two in particular certainly stand out for me when we talk about sleepers. Yeah, I think Vaughn-wise, I mean, if you're in PPR, he has so much value. With, I mean, I still think Jones, I, right now it's there's uncertainty there, but I do think, yeah, the, the opportunities in place for Vaughn to have a pretty big role. Yeah, the McCoy thing, I just, as we talked about the last episode, just not buying it. And, yeah, you mentioned Preston Williams. I, I know uh, Gusecki, their tight end, is a pretty hot sleeper name and uh, one that I still think has some value. But his numbers really skyrocketed when Preston went out, so now you've insert Preston back in, and I just – I, right now, at least on the standard scoring on, on Fantasy Pros, they have him as wide receiver 58, 158th pick. I just, like, I'm looking at the names around him uh, for the most part, and I just feel so much better about what he's going to be able to contribute yeah. and some of these other flyers that you might be taking at that point in the draft. I just think the value's there. And if he does stay healthy, I mean, if you're taking a guy that deep anyway, uh, again, like, depth is great, but you're also wanting to hit on some of these guys. If you hit on someone that late, it ends up being – uh, you know, your wide receiver two, wide receiver three, a, a really valuable guy in the flex position. I think, yeah, Preston has a lot of value there. Excited to see what he Yep, he should be someone uh, definitely to check out and uh, lots of guys there uh, as well. All right, Dylan, some of the other guys uh, you've got on your list here, uh, we've got uh, two two quarterbacks in particular as possible options. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, there are some running backs there, some wide receivers. 
you've got one running back on your list that, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, we know how I feel about this particular offense, and I think you can go ahead and start with this one because you know exactly what I'm talking about without even mentioning it. Uh, but I understand where you're going just because of the guy that they brought in to put around him. I mean, he's someone that's had injury trouble and all that. Uh, and at some point, I mean, this this offense has to go somewhere. And so uh, they at least have a quarterback in place to be able to do that. Yeah, they still have one of the best quarterbacks, even with everything, I, I think, in the NFL. And, you know, you're talking about the Texans. And the guy I have as a sleeper here is Duke Johnson. I still think PPR-wise has a good amount of value. And I just am not buying – Still, David Johnson being a huge part of that. I mean, he's he's going to start in there, and they're going to try to make him a big part of the offense. But I think Duke at the, is running back 46 and then the 142nd off the board. Again, going kind of deeper with some of these sleepers. And just compared to the, some of the guys around him, I, I like the I like the value that we're going to possibly get there with him. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, there are some obvious concerns <laughs> about, uh, you know, our, our concerns that we've, we've mentioned with the coaching staff and just – Overall, but he's another guy that yeah, yards per carry has always been solid. Um, when he's in the on the on the field, expected yards above uh, based on the, what the offensive line's given him, he's always positive on those things. He just does so many things well. Uh, you know, I, I just hope they give him the role. That's the obviously the big question mark for him. But I, with a lot of these guys at this point, that's kind of the same thing. And you're looking at guys in this range that are relying either on injuries or just some sort of break to get them. Uh, going and I think if that does happen Duke has the potential to be a pretty big, big part of what the Texans do this year and yeah you mentioned some of the other ones I put in here I had a couple running backs uh, Joshua Kelly with the Chargers if you're going really deep for him obviously I, I still think there's value with Eckler but maybe he's getting and I still you know I still think he's going to be huge PPR wise and still be a really big player but I think he already kind of did that last year I don't know it's almost I don't know if, he's, if, there, if there's a possibility of him jumping up so much from where he is yeah. and I could see Joshua Kelly's kind of developing into the where what they used Melvin Gordon for last year not necessarily as the number one guy like a couple of years ago but I still could see him filling in that role and it's 31 on board 67th running back I think there's a lot of value there the big one that uh at least right now that I don't understand the the separation I, I think there's a lot of things to be excited about with Cam Akers and the Rams eventually but if we could just go back to last year, what happened with Daryl Henderson, the same amount of hype kind of was around him, and he slowly picked up the system. And the biggest reason he was, wasn't on the field wasn't his skill or ability. It was just picking up the system, picking up the, the protections, all the blocks he needed to make, those kind of things where I worry that Cam's not going to have enough time, especially with uh, COVID and the lack of the, all the camps and everything, to pick up as quickly. I still think Malcolm Brown's probably going to have a decent part of the offense, but I think the separation for me is Cam Akers is 65th overall um, standard scoring 28th running back. You go down to Daryl Henderson all the way at 132. I, I could see if the Rams offense line isn't, uh, you know, like last year where they struggled so much. I think there's reason to believe they'll be at least a bit better. But just overall, I think Daryl Henderson is going to see the field quite a bit. And if he does contribute, especially PPR-wise, another great run, uh, receiving running back. Um, another sleeper that is kind of gaining steam, but I think right now he's still he's still far enough down ADP wise where uh, I feel pretty comfortable there at 132 overall to get a guy like Henderson who might be the number one back uh, for the Rams. And that's a good transition into our uh, sleepers who we think may be a little overhyped because you just talked about Cam Akers and you mentioned sort of the the separation there, the potential differences. Uh, in terms of uh, yeah. you know where they're at, and uh, that that's one you can throw in. I know you've also got uh, Deontay Johnson, who's someone that listen. I 
we remember, like I was talking about him last year. You know, we talked about how crazy things were for the Steelers, and it was like, I mean, it, I I picked him up in every league I had just because I was like, look, yeah, I don't trust Juju. Like it was just one of those where it got to that point where you didn't trust the Steelers' offense overall. Um, now you kind of try to reset, but at the same time, you know, it is still something where Juju's going to be the guy they go to in the top, especially having Roethlisberger back. Like he's going to stay still the clear number one option. Uh, and especially mm-hmm. when they get into the red zone, remember now they've got Eric Ebron too. We know, we know what Eric Ebron can do uh, when it comes yeah. to, you know, the red zone. So I think that puts Deontay, Deontay Johnson, you know, a couple steps back in terms of those potential, having those, you know, targets inside the 20 yard line. He's someone that would probably have to break off some pretty big plays to maybe bring you that type of value. And again, what's that target share going to look like? Because knowing that Roethlisberger is going to be looking for Juju, knowing that he has someone like Ebron now, who, I mean, like it or not, like Eric E. brought over the past couple of seasons, like he's been, he was a target machine with the Colts. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I feel like he's someone, especially with Roethlisberger coming back, you know, he's going to be looking for a tight end. I feel like at this point in his career, like that may be a good connection there for those two. So uh, I think you do bring up uh, some interesting points here, having Deontay Johnson on the list. Yeah, I mean, he, he's created a lot of separation, but it's just catch radius, as I put here, uh, sixth percentile for all receivers. And that, yeah, it doesn't bode well in the red zone. You talk about Ebron, but their rookie Chase Claypool, also a really big yep. target that is, uh, again, a much bigger red zone threat. And those are the things I, I'm concerned about, just the competition, but also scoring is so important. Like, you can, you know, especially in standard leagues, like, if you don't have PPR on your side and not the Deontay Johnson, I mean, he had a solid amount of targets, but nothing insane. I don't know. I just he's a guy that I do. I kind of initially was thinking about putting him as a sleeper on target, but then the ADP at, at one twenty. I just there's guys that are a little behind him where I'm like, if his value is just a little lower, I think there's too many people kind of going up to get him maybe than they should have. That's more where I'm. So that's why I put him in the overhyped sleeper just because he could go off um, and just watch him do that. But nonetheless. Uh, I just I think the value right there is just a little bit like I look at the guys that are a little bit deeper than him, guys that are barely above him, like a Darius Slate, for example, that I'd rather have and feel a little more confident about their roles and their offenses. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, we'll get to him pretty quickly here too. There's just guys close to him where I'm like, man, I feel a little more confident what I'm getting, feel a little better about them in, in the red zone and where you're going to be scoring a lot of points. So yeah, that's knocks down Deontay, just a tad for me to put him on this list. Yep, and obviously there are other guys uh, that are out there that you could probably throw into this mix, but again, it is all kind of subjective when you kind of you know, look at guys who maybe are getting more hype than, than maybe they should in terms of where they're being taken uh, mm-hmm. and all of that. But uh, all right, Dylan, let's jump into uh, here quickly uh, looking at uh, some of the quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, guys who – this is something we talked about on last year's episode that we did yeah. – um, was that the guys who play with the high ADP guys but yet are still undervalued themselves, uh, and you're going to bring up exactly what the methodology is behind that. We explained it in last year's episode, but we'll do that again. Uh, just because, you know, it's almost something like, for me, like someone who plays, uh, you know, daily fantasy and doing DraftKings and FanDuel and all that, you want yeah. to be able to combine your your quarterback with your wide receiver. Like you want to pretty much – tie those two together knowing that if one does really well the other's probably going to do really well too so you're trying to find the most possible value that you can and that gives you more of an upside by combining that which that's one of the you know i guess strategies you have if you're playing one of the daily fantasy but at the same time like this still goes for a a season-long league where if you have a quarterback that finishes as a top three quarterback in fantasy 
Well, guess what? One of his wide receivers is probably going to do pretty well somewhere along the way because uh, <laughs> you have to have those numbers. So uh, there are some guys that you have in this group that I will tell you, and I teased it a little bit earlier, I think Tom Brady, you, you mentioned you know, maybe he's someone that's kind of a bit of a stretch in this category, but I don't think so because I think everyone sort of looks at Brady as a knock below a lot of these other guys. But we've talked about it. With all the weapons that he has on that offense, I mean, he if he just if yep. he stays healthy, if he plays every game, I mean, he's going to put up big numbers, I think, by default because he does have all those guys around him. And it's really, to me, maybe more of a question of, okay, where does that, that you know, percentage spread out between all those other guys each game? Mm-hmm. Whereas with Brady, like, he's the quarterback. He's good. It doesn't really matter how much it's spread around everyone else. He's the one that's going to be throwing it to him. So uh, he's definitely, for me, yeah. one of those top guys in that category for sure. Yeah, that, yeah. as you mentioned, I said he is a bit of a stretch, but he does fit because of how high those ADPs are. Yeah, historically, there's a correlation between uh, wide receiver tight end performance and QB performance, whether it be good or bad. So last year, for example, you could have looked at the – uh, the Rams early in the year, you thought maybe with all those high ADPs for the receivers that Goff would have performed better uh, based on his ADP, but eventually the ADPs for those most of those receivers ended up being a bit too high. And so it could go both ways. It, it doesn't just always trend up. Um, so for Brady's sake, hopefully it does. And with Evans and Godwin and all those weapons that we've mentioned so many times with the Buccaneers, I'd be betting on it. Um, he still obviously doesn't provide that rushing value, which does hurt him fantasy-wise yep. um, quite a bit, but... I still think he fits here. And then, yeah, the other guys I put in tied into the Texans, and I've, I'll have i mention especially one receiver coming up here in another section, but Texans receivers are all kind of further down the list of ADP-wise. A couple guys in the 80s and uh, overall, uh, receiver 34 and 35, and Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. Then you got to go much deeper to get to Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills in the 200s. And you have Deshaun Watson, meanwhile. And I know a lot of those are tied in the rushing yards, so you kind of have to separate that out. Um, from this equation because obviously those points aren't going to correlate. But nonetheless, those Texans receivers, at least one of them, maybe two, as as we're saying, are probably going to end up uh, higher. And then the one guy that, yeah, I definitely think was the the best and the easiest fit that when I looked at this category from last year, uh, it's courtesy of the Ringers, Jackson Stefan, that uh, he wrote about last year. The guy that immediately came to mind was Alan Lazard. We've talked about him a number of times uh, being a guy that could have a pretty big year for the Packers. And this is tied into him being an ADP of 192. Uh, Rodgers only 11th QB, but still, you know, in the first uh, first range of quarterbacks you're going to be taking. And that 192 ADP, I, I know Devontae Adams is going to eat up a ton of targets, and he's still, you know, whether he's the number one receiver or number two behind Michael Thomas, I think Devontae's clearly right there. But someone else in the Packers is going to rack up some more fantasy points for Rodgers to get to his numbers. And I, yeah. I just think at that 192 ADP, I'm feeling pretty good, good about taking Lazard at that spot, uh, just with the potential there. And like at, this, at that point, again, these are guys that you're gonna, you want depth and you can get that in the waiver wire and whatnot. But if you're able to just go, like swing for the fences on a few of these guys and hope that one of them does end up having a really critical role, everyone's going to look back and be like, how did we pass on them? And I think Lazard has at least a shot. Uh, to have that happen for him in 2020. This is a tease. I may be mentioning uh, Alan Lazar a little bit later in another uh, another category we're going to talk about. So we'll uh, we'll use that as a spoiler uh, coming up later. But uh, before we get there, let's talk about Therawan. Uh, we've talked about it before uh, here on the podcast. And uh, tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging. 
to simply making it through each busy day. Everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, uh, Dylan and I especially. Uh, so everyone can benefit from uh, TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsman, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun uh, percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of those CBD products out there, they claim organic, but they still contain up to 30% filler, and those fillers are potentially toxic. Yeah, however, TheraOne tests their products Four times before they get to you, every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. All you got to do is use their one's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift off into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September the 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire to get it. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase, and this is not something that TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now, theragun.com slash bluewire. And uh, our friends at NFL Sunday Ticket. Uh, Sundays are coming back in the NFL and with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, the Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels are there, so you never miss your favorite teams or favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. All you got to do, use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. To get 15% off your subscription, visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Dylan, let's get to um, the most underrated players we have here based on their ADP. Uh, And this is a pretty interesting group because I think these are some of the names uh, that you have here that a lot of different people are talking about. Uh, I know we've talked about Matthew Stafford before as someone, you know, that could really, you know, the injuries were something that played a role last year, but when he's on the field, I mean, he's still someone that's really good. And I think, you know, despite the fact that the Lions have about, as we've, we've teased before, they've got about 14 different running backs. Um, and it seems like, you know, they, they've got a lot of options there. They still have, you know, Kenny Galladay in the passing game. Uh, they've got Stafford there. And, you know, we've talked about just all the different options that they have uh, in terms of guys. There. I mean, Marvin Jones, like they, they've got a pretty underrated, maybe undervalued passing game when Stafford is there. And so, uh, he's certainly someone to, to keep an eye on, and uh, I know you've got a couple other uh, wide receivers on your list. Yeah, Stafford, as you mentioned real quick, yeah, 13th QB off the board right now, 103 overall, but he was fourth among all quarterbacks in the eight games he played, as we talked about, and I kind of mentioned in the last podcast, if Kenny Galladay, if Stafford's healthy, Galladay becomes, for me, a borderline top five uh, fantasy receiver just because of how productive they are together. So, yeah, him, I, I do think, if you know, especially if you can – get him in that spot a little after that, even if other people are just worried about the injuries. I just think there's a ton of value there. And then, yeah, the two receivers, Emmanuel Sanders kind of already brought him up previously. He's 100th overall off the board on uh, standard scoring. I just look at the Saints offense. There's going to be a lot of yards, and I know a lot of them are going to go to uh, Michael Thomas and uh, Alvin Kamara. But I, I do think 
like he just provides, and that's almost going to open him up more so on the opposite side of Thomas or if he's in the slot with him. I just see so many opportunities for Emmanuel Sanders and Drew Brees now getting that a real bona fide number two receiver for after so long of having all these uh, guys that he's created names of that really weren't big name players, a lot of undrafted guys. So it's, yeah, I see Sanders having a ton of value there. Just a lot. I don't even you know Jared Cook as the season went on, kind of less value for him at the tight end spot. I just think Emmanuel will get a lot of targets, and then Anthony Miller. Uh, kind of a guy that we've yeah you'll you'll see as a sleeper or one that people are saying is a little underrated 150th overall off the board wide receiver 55 and yes he does play for the Bears and we're not exactly if you've listened to our podcast <laughs> often you, you know that we're not really high on the Bears but uh, he could push I think he could at least push top 40 receiver value uh, they have uh, according to Sharp Football Analysis in their season preview the Bears face the seventh easiest pass defense schedule in the NFL. And while Trubisky has been pretty, you know, mediocre or, or even below that, you could argue, as we've said often, uh, against defenses ranked 20th or lower, he averages 23.3 fantasy points per game. So, I mean, those some of those are going to be rushing, too, obviously, a guy that can take off. But it just bodes well for Anthony Miller on an offense where uh, after Allen Robinson, there's not really a great second option except for him. I just think he's going to push with that schedule. And we talked about as much as you can take into account how much, and this goes for just teams in general, not just fantasy-wise, you can take into account how good a team is. But schedule is something that you really need to look at the strength of schedule, and it does apply really to fantasy here. So why we last year would just pick up every tight end facing the Arizona Cardinals defense because yeah. it was an automatic uh, double-digit double digit game. Yeah. I do think with Anthony Miller, if you just pick out the, the matchups especially – uh, when the Bears are playing one of those worst secondaries, I think he's going to have a lot of value there. Well, we did do a story on clutch points. Uh, we were referencing the uh, the Yahoo Sports uh, Madden 21 simulation uh, where the Bears won the Super Bowl this season and uh, Nick Foles was MVP. <laughs> so you know what? If that happens, I think Anthony Miller is going to have a big season. I, just, I think he's got to by default yes. uh, if, if the Bears win, win the Super Bowl and Nick Foles uh, wins MVP. So we will see uh, if that happens. Uh, I would not be betting my money on that. Uh, over at our friends bet online but uh you can do what you want uh with your own money uh all right let's go to the uh we talked about the um underrated players on adp let's talk about the overrated players and this is uh, quickly turning into the i hate cam Akers podcast uh for dylan because uh he has cam Akers here on this list um but uh in all seriousness he's pretty much pointed out why that's the case in terms of uh, the potential options there for the rams uh we talked about rob gronkowski dylan in past episodes um, mm-hmm. just the fact that, you know, again, going back to the Bucks offense, they've got so many options there and it's just a matter of, I don't necessarily think you can just expect those types of numbers that he got with the Patriots. Um, so that's one of the ones yeah. you brought up. And you also have my boy on here, uh, Cortland Sutton. You have him in this group, which <laughs> I will tell you, I can understand. Uh, of course I was a huge Cortland Sutton guy last year. I picked him up in every league I had once yep. he started, you know, making his move. Cause as we talked about last year, he really didn't have much around him. This year, much different. Jerry Judy's there. Uh, we've talked about Noah Fant, K.J. Hamler's there. Uh, Broncos got a lot more options that they feel like they can turn to in that passing game, so that could equal maybe less production a bit uh, for Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I'll get to Judy a little bit uh, further down on one of these questions. But, yeah, Sutton, I do, obviously, as a receiver, I think he has great number one potential, but I think there's going to be so much attention paid to him. Yeah, you mentioned the other options they have now. I think it's going to benefit those guys a lot. The one thing is I, I read the whole season preview on the and the sharp football uh, preview about 
for the Broncos. And, yeah, they talked a lot about how Tulak, yes, he went 4-1, but his numbers didn't really correlate as well as went up as high against the really bad pass defenses they were facing routinely during that stretch. Yeah. Still want to see him face some better teams before I really trust this passing game. And, obviously, we know what John Elway said about Tulak a few uh, a couple months <laughs> yes. or so back about uh, him still coming along and everything. So, yeah, Sutton, I, I do like him overall as like a, like, you know, I just think the value is a little too high um, with him going as a 22nd receiver. I just look at, I feel a little more comfortable on maybe in uh, teams that we're not as confident in, like the Dolphins and Redskins with like a Devontae Parker is pretty close to there. I'm feeling pretty good about Devontae and the fact they're going to be having to throw the ball constantly, uh, possibly falling down in those games. I've already talked about Marquise Brown on my breakout list. So yeah. there's just, there's guys, and those guys are up deeper. So as I, I kind of put for here, and then the other player I put ADP-wise a little bit is Miles Sanders. I'm just a little weary of the same thing happening last year. Boston Scott <laughs> kind of taking <laughs> and having, making the role for himself. I think with both these guys, they're solid players, but I think you can look at that at that spot, and I, at least for running back wise, you know the top guys have so much value. Then they get to that middle range, and it's a little more shaky, especially with Miles Sanders. I like a lot of the receivers in that spot in that twenty range that I'm feeling better about. So I'm probably taking a running back earlier at that spot if I'm there. I'm probably taking one of the, the receivers like a Mike Evans is kind of in that same range. There's a, a lot of really good receivers in the same range as Miles Sanders off the board. And then conversely with Sutton, uh, there's a lot of good running backs that you can take kind of in that same spot. And I think that's that's probably where I would be. It's just at that point, I feel a little more comfortable with the flow of these uh, ADPs with the value I'm getting. Um, I I previously had a guy that um, that I thought was going to be potentially getting vultured a little bit too much. I've been convinced otherwise with some of the research I've done in Mark Ingram, but that's a kind of guy Mark Ingram was is getting drafted around the same spot as Sutton that I'm still going to feel pretty good about. It just yeah, it comes down to the ADP values. It it's not a knock on these players as we always try to say even wrong. Too and Cam Akers eventually with the Rams. It's just where the value you got to you got to not get screwed by going over the top to pick someone yeah. when they don't really fall to the, the true value of what you think they're going to be able to do on the football field. You can't just rely on what everyone else is drafting, um, what everyone's uh, putting as the average draft spot because that yeah it's not always going to tell you everything you need to know. So really important as much as you want to hit with the underrated ADP guys. I think avoiding these overrated ones. These are the kind of picks which you make with high draft picks and then. By the midway through the season, you're three and five, and you're like, man, if I really just took this one guy over him, it's a huge, a whole different thing. So I definitely, these are the things that keep you up at night if you're a dedicated fantasy uh, football player. Yes, uh, something else that keeps you up if you're a dedicated fantasy player is touches. You want to know who's getting the touches because uh, that's something that's always interesting. I know we there was a story yesterday uh, on the Falcons uh, where Dirk Cutter came out and talked about Todd Gurley's usage. Uh, I can appreciate that. Thank you, Dirk Cutter. Like, at least we have some idea of what the plans are for Todd Gurley, right? So, uh, but that's going to be the case with everyone. And when you're uh, talking about guys who are non-quarterbacks, you want to know what do they look like in terms of their targets and their touches. Uh, Dylan, let's talk about some of the guys we think who may gain the most touches uh, this season after the 2000, you know, ninth, after this past season. You know, who are the guys who are going to gain the most uh, in terms of going into this year versus last year? And maybe the guys who are going to lose more uh, and not have as many opportunities as they did last season. I'll tell you some of the guys, and I'm obviously mm-hmm. joking about this, but uh, guys who may gain the most targets, uh, touches, uh, Devontae Adams. Like, maybe he's someone that uh, yeah. ended up getting a lot more, <laughs> even though he had a ton already. One I think that, that is intriguing here, uh, Adam Thielen. I know the Vikings don't throw the ball a lot, and they drafted Justin Jefferson, but I'm very interested to see if maybe that's a situation where, you know, Stephon Diggs isn't there anymore. 
And it does Kirk Cousins kind of just go to him more and more and more by default, uh, even though Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. is there, he's still a rookie. Uh, but I think that's an interesting situation. I don't necessarily know that his numbers are just going to skyrocket again because they're, they're more of a much more of a running team. But uh, I think that's an interesting scenario there potentially for Adam Thielen. Guys that lose ones, uh, you've got this in your group, and this is one that I would put at the very top right away would be Marlon Mack, and, and that's because we've talked about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we think he's going to come in and get a pretty hefty workload. So what that means for Marlon Mack, you know, probably they wind up splitting carries at some point. But I, to be honest, like by the end of the season, if we saw Jonathan Taylor as kind of that just workhorse guy, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing against Marlon Mack. I just think Jonathan Taylor can be that good. So um, he's someone I would definitely put on that list, but I know you've got uh, some others here as well. Yeah, I'll start with the negative side. Yeah, Marlon Mack, as you mentioned, but other guys that I think will lose targets, Michael Gallup, just by default. He had 113 last year. I just don't see yeah. with um, with CeeDee Lamb coming in, and we've talked about him. Uh, I mean, you mentioned him as a possible breakout player, and I do think, yeah, he's – it's just – there's just many, <laughs> too many targets to go around. There's still a team that runs the ball a ton. And just Michael Gallup was clearly the number two guy. Now he's clearly, you know, either if he's not the number – if he is the number two, he's not clearly the number two to start the year. And I, yeah, I just, I feel strongly that he's still going to have a strong fantasy season. And this, it has been addressed a bit with his ADP not being so high, but I, I do think, yeah, just be a little wary of that. The other obvious one, kind of on the same Marlon Mack uh, field, uh, line of field here, is Philip Lindsay with Melvin Gordon coming in. I still think Lindsay's going to have a great role, but again, it's just like he kind of clearly became the number one guy over Roy Freeman. And now I'm just like, I, I don't trust that that's going to continue to be the case, even if it sh- probably should have been, if, you know, as we've talked about it for the Broncos, you love the, the low price guys. I, it, you know, it made sense, but I thought just keep him as your number one running back with how productive and efficient he is. But yeah. nonetheless, probably going to lose some touches. And then, yeah, gaining touches, two tight ends immediately came to mind. I talked previously, I think, about Hayden Hurst, the, uh, the opportunity he has in Atlanta. He did not have a ton of targets, obviously, with Mark Andrews is the number one tight end. Now you go to a pass offense with Calvin Ridley and Julio as the two primary receivers. But after that, uh, not a, not a ton of receiving talent. And Hayden Hurst is going to fill into where Austin Hooper was the number one fantasy tight end before his injury. And I just that offense, it's it's really there's a lot of passes to tight ends, a lot of red zone passes to tight ends. And I think Hayden Hurst is down to I'm a little more confident that he's going to have a bigger fantasy season maybe than the second guy. But I still think Blake Jarwin for the Cowboys, you'll see him a lot. A lot. And he, he almost like, he's like a mix of, I, I'm confident he's going to gain targets. But at the same time, maybe he's a little overhyped. He's starting to kind of, his ADP's creeping up because people are catching on to this. And that's one guy, though, I, I'm confident he's still going to have way more touches and targets than he did a year ago. But I'm not uh, 100% sure about his value. Just be careful with that. And then the last one, yeah, Brandon Cooks. I mentioned the Houston receivers that someone's going to have to, Get, get a lot of yards with Deshaun Watson probably still being one of the top fantasy quarterbacks. And Brandon Cooks last year, I mean, he had 72 targets after years and years of always having over 100. It was his first season under 1,000 yards since his rookie year. Consistently, even if he's not a true number one receiver, he still consistently has performed in really, really well with a lot of targets. Yeah, he, he had no less than 114 targets before last season. It's just it's crazy how much it went down a year ago. I think he's going to bounce back in a big way. And even, you know, he's not probably your top running uh, receiver, obviously, in fantasy-wise or even your second. But I think there's a ton of value for him if you're able to get him as your uh, flex guy, maybe some buy which is your number receiver, too. Just a lot of value in, uh, with all three of those guys in terms of the targets they're going to be getting this season. Yep, for sure. Those guys, uh, certainly a lot of value there in terms of what they could do. And uh, now, Dylan, 
that brings us to uh, the fun section. And this is the one we wanted to wrap up with because I think it's the most interesting one. Um, <laughs> and we kind of teased this on the last episode. But the one player you're going to regret drafting, not drafting. Now, as always, I'm going to break the rules here, and I'm going to give you more than one player. Uh, but I'm going to tell you that I'm going to lead with yeah. one, and I'm just going to add a couple onto that. All right. So I'm going to say the one, the, one, the, the one player you're going to regret not drafting. I'll start with the positives. I mean, we know okay. where I'm going with this. Like, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, I mean, I know he's at 13, <laughs> but I'm just telling you right now, if he's if you don't draft him, if you say, ah, you know, I'm not sure, man, eh, he's going to be in that list. Like, I'm just saying. Like, I just feel like he is going to be on that list of guys that we're going to look back on and think, that was such a no-brainer. Why did I not pick him? Because he's on the best offense. Damon Williams has opted out. I mean, why? And so I think that's something to keep in mind there. Another guy that I have that's a little bit further down, Henry Ruggs, because the Raiders, we've talked about Tyrell Williams, his injury situation. You know, I'm not saying go out and get Henry Ruggs in the second round, third, or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I do think that he's going to wind up being, you know, the guy they turn to. Obviously, Darren, Darren Waller is going to get his targets and all that. But I think Henry Ruggs is speed. They're going to start the season with him in the slots, what we've seen on the reports. I just think he could be someone that could have a huge year. Um, and again, if we assume that the Raiders are going to be playing like these high scoring games with teams like the Chiefs and, and maybe the Broncos and the Chargers, like it's that's going to be a fun yeah. division. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity there uh, for, for Henry Ruggs. And the only other one I'll throw in that category, like I said, we've mentioned so many at this point. I, I'm kind of on that line with Alan Lazard, like because I, I do mm -hmm. think knowing that he is probably going to be that number two guy but that's the, that's the problem I have but you know is saying that he probably will be um you know I don't necessarily think that Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to come up and be that number two but maybe that's the bigger issue I, I wouldn't put him in that same category as, as Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Henry Ruggs but I do think Lazard's going to have enough options there so we'll go with the positives first and then we'll get back to the yeah. negatives after that yeah, I'll go. I'll add some guys to my list. I had one here, but I can think of a couple more. I'll start with a guy uh, I put down that was Jerry Judy. Kind of already talked about how yeah. what I think about Cortland Sutton's value, but I think Judy much deeper in the draft. I think there's a ton of value where he's going right now, all the way at uh, receiver 39. I I just think he's going to clearly be the number two guy there. I think he's going to have a lot more one-on-one uh, -on -one matchups than uh, was used to, even though he obviously did play with a ton of talent there at Alabama. But I just Jerry Judy was clearly still, I think even with the yeah, with rugs and all the talent was there, it's still just such a dominant force. I, I think he's going to translate quickly well to the NFL level. Yeah, he's a guy that I feel like I would, I'd regret not taking. One guy, another guy I'd regret not taking that will tie into an additional ram that I'll add to this list for the regret drafting, but I would regret not drafting Robert Woods. I talked last time yeah. about how uh, as the Rams went to 12 personnel, his numbers really took off with the two receiver sets. He just fits so perfectly into what the Rams are doing at that point. And, I, yeah, at 56, he's a lot lower than – I'll throw in – I'll just quickly mention one of the guys I regret drafting, at least at the ADP of uh, 33 overall, 11th off the board for receivers is Cooper Cup. Just if, if the Rams clearly – if they really do stick to what it looks like with this trend going to way more 12 than 11 personnel, it just really hurts Cup's value. And then the last guy I'll, I'll mention as a guy that I would regret, and I, at the spot I, maybe he's a little high, but I, I think it's definitely feel a little better about what they're going to – his role possibly of some of these rookie running backs. They still have Carrion Johnson, but I think De DeAndre Swift has a really good chance to be the number one running back in Detroit yeah. pretty quickly. Carrion struggled with injuries and just Swift. Just so, I mean, I, you don't have to 
look at all the advanced numbers to tell you like how dominant he was at Georgia when you watch him yeah. and watch the highlights and obviously played with really good offensive lines. But man, I we've seen some of these Georgia running backs really translate well in the NFL level. I could see Swift, yeah, uh, having just a lot of value there. The kind of guy where I look back and like, oh, I took. I don't know, like Kareem Hunt right here instead, or uh, I don't know. There's other guys in the similar range like James Conner, even De- Devin Singletary. Singletary I have some reservations on with um, Zach Moss coming in. But, yeah, I think Swift is another guy I'll definitely regret not taking there. All right, let's 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 wrap up with the negatives. Um, the guys that you may regret drafting, the, the number one guy that stands out to me, basically we already talked about him, but he's just so high. And I think about how Doug Peterson uses the running backs, and it's just like, yeah. Man, I just don't think I'm gonna. I just don't think I could pick Miles Sanders as high as he's going right yeah. now. I, I just, I just don't like. And I think again, that's that's not because I don't think he's a good player, and not because I don't think he's gonna have a good season. Again, I'm basing that on where he's going, and I just don't know that I could maybe see that situation. Right? I, I, he's just not someone I think I could run out and grab and say I'm gonna feel great about this. So he's probably the guy I would put there. Um, you know, if you ask about some of the others, I don't know, like that's, it's another one where it's, I could probably name a lot of different guys, um, maybe, but that's the one to me in terms of as high where they are, you know, in terms of the the rankings and all that, I, he Mm -hmm. would be number one on my list probably. Yeah, I think, uh, as you mentioned, it's going to be tough for me to say, but at least he's not on the Rams anymore. And that's Todd Gurley. I just am not, I'm not going to take him so high, like, and like I, I know, like it seems like, oh wow, Todd Gurley, 28th overall, 15th running back. This seems like crazy, but Atlanta's offensive line arguably worse than the Rams. As the season went on, he went from early in the year, like wow, he got 20 touches, then it was like 14, then like 12, and 10, and under 10. And I just, oh man, I like I just feel a lot better about guys in that range. Um, yeah, and that's what I talk about with like as you're really trying to mix and match your running backs and receivers, it does like the, the value. There's like certain points where you see a number of running backs that really fit in there. Which probably a little too high, but even the other guys are a little above him. I feel better than having Gurley at this point. I already mentioned cup as being a guy I'd regret drafting. Uh, if I have to, I, I do think he's gone up a little bit and I I'm really excited to see where he is. But if, if Tyler Higby is going to be like your seventh, eighth tight end off, I'm just, I'm really concerned that you're going to look back and be like, why didn't I take Gerald Everett? He was clearly the number one, tight end for the Rams when he was in there. Both guys are probably going to be on the field a lot. Um, I still think Higby will be good, but he's a guy I could look back and you'd be like, oh, wow, okay, I got him seventh, you know, like the seventh or eighth tight end. I feel really good. Like this guy's going to fill in well as my starter all year, and then you're just going to kind of end up disappointed in having to play the, the game, which honestly might be worth it with where Hayden Hurst, Gusecki, Johnny Smith, Jarwin, all these guys are way deeper. I'm going to – I'd feel fine juggling with what I got down that far um, and regretting taking one of those tight ends. It's not – the, the top end dudes that we talked about in our first episode, like it, just don't rush it. There's going to be someone that's going to fall to you. That's going to have a lot of value. And uh, so I think, yeah, as much as I'm excited to see what Higby does, I just don't know if his fantasy value is quite matching where his ADP is. Yeah. And I will say it the other, and I'm just going to group this together. Anyone on the bears offense. Like I'm just, I, I as much as we, we and look, we love Allen Robinson. We've talked about him so much, but it's like, I, I just, if I see anyone on the bears offense sitting there, I'm just going to be like, I don't know if I can do it. So, just think about the secondaries. Listen to the listen to the stats. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, that's an interesting one. So, oh boy, we'll see. Uh, so there you go. There are some options. Someone else I wanted to mention: uh, AJ Dillon, Packers. I think he's way, way down there. He's one of those really, really underrated sleepers. I know Aaron yeah. Jones is there, but 
I'm very intrigued to see what they do with him. I'm curious because, you know, Matt LaFleur has kind of raved about him in the preseason. So I don't, I don't know exactly what their usage is for him this season, but Holster. Um, yeah, that's, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. So, all right, there you go. That wraps up uh, our fantasy football primer for the 2020 NFL season. Uh, Dylan, always uh, two of our favorite episodes to do each year as we run through all this and, Pretty much guarantee that uh, anyone we say that's going to have a bad season, congratulations to Miles Sanders, uh, Cam Akers, and so on, <laughs> uh, because they, they they are bound to have huge seasons based off of what we said about them uh, here in these uh, past couple episodes. But uh, Dylan, we got a lot of stuff going on over clutch points. Uh, obviously, NFL is getting ready to start, but man, there is a lot going on in the NBA right now as well. Uh, let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, real quick though, as you said, with these guys, they're probably gonna have great years. We we did nail with our our targets uh, gained and lost last year. We had Tyler Lockett and Chris Godwin, and those guys did shoot up quite a bit. We had on the guys that will lose targets, Tariq Cohen and Todd Gurley. That worked out pretty well for us. So yes. we're uh-huh. not completely uh, completely <laughs> off here, but. Yeah, uh, if you want to read any of our fantasy football content, go to clutchpoints.com, search fantasy football on the website. We have all this and all the stuff we kind of cover, all these questions in much more depth with a lot more stats, probably articulated a little bit better. So you can go to clutchpoints.com, the fantasy football, search that there. You can go to the NFL section there for all of our NFL content. All of it can be found also in the Clutch Points app. And yeah, you can follow when the games do happen for the NBA right now. Uh, the Magic and Bucks are not playing, they boycotted that game i just got a notification of the rockets and thunder a boycott of that game a little bit later it's probably only a matter of time until the lakers and blazers boycott that game so you can follow along in the clutch points app all the mlb games are still active in there and then you know when the nfl season finally shows up uh, without any of these preseason games all of those games can be followed in our app as well yep check all that out get the app all that good stuff and uh, any podcast app you use uh, just search for us on there and uh, thanks, as always, too, to find folks at uh, Blue Wire uh, for all that they do. And thank you guys, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Past Podcast. have to talk about our friends at bet online uh, we talked about the playoffs and yes the playoffs are here almost they're pretty much here for the nba uh, nhl always there too uh, playing for the gold and our partners at bet online have you covered with all this playoff coverage around sports you can get in on all the action including a new nba bracket contest with plenty of chances to win mlb season pushing into the fall and uh, there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds futures and props Take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. You can check it out all day, all night. Uh, just visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.